Welcome to the Second Students North Podcast. My name is Dylan, and we are continuing with the second week of our series, Christian Atheist. This series focuses on those who claim to be Christians, but their lives and their actions don't reflect that to be true. This week, Daniel talks to us about those who believe in God, but don't fear Him. Our prayer is that God would speak to you through this podcast, no matter where you're at in your faith. We hope you enjoy week two of Christian Atheist. Y'all laugh. I have legitimate fears about these things, uh, about snakes and stuff. I, there are some nights where I legitimately think, those flying monkeys, and I'm waiting for it, people. They're going to come crashing through these windows. They're going to come pick me up with their little monkey feet, and they're going to fly me out of here and wherever the Wicked Witch of the West lives, wherever it is. I'm guessing it's West, but, you know. But I, I'm legitimately f- afraid of those things. And I think it's safe to say uh, all of us in this room are, are, we have a fear of something, of someone maybe. And it's not a bad thing. I don't think, uh, fear is not a bad thing to have. Last week, Jay Gray talked about, uh, he started this new series called Christian Atheist. And we talked about how a Christian atheist is someone who says they're a Christian, who says they believe in God, but their life doesn't look like that. Their everyday walk in life doesn't look like that. Jay Gray unpacked the first, uh, the first topic of, I believe in God. I believe in God, but I don't know Him. And so uh, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at, uh, looking at, I believe in God. I'm, I am magic. Watch this. Bam. There it is. I believe in God, but... And Jay Gray talked about, but I don't know God. And and next week, we're going to be looking at, I believe in God, but I don't want to go overboard. I don't, and, and then a couple weeks, Dylan's going to be unpacking, I believe in God, but don't fully trust him. I believe in God, but I, I don't think I can change. And tonight, we're going to be looking at one that is, I believe in God, but I don't fear him. I believe in God, but I, I don't fear him. I was at dinner the other night with some friends, and uh, I'm one of those people at, at, at dinner where I like to know what everybody else is ordering before I order? Like, have you ever been that where you're like, uh, sir, are you ready? Uh, can you start on that side and then work clockwise, skip me, go this way, come back to me, and then y'all know? Like, even if I know, I still want that to happen because I may change my mind. You know, I may want what, what, uh, what my dad gets or what my mom gets or whatever it is. And so uh, I was at dinner with some friends, and as, the, uh, as I listened to, like, the orders coming in, or, or as I watched the, and listened, I guess, the, the, the waiter go from person to person, uh, I started to notice something. I started to notice something that, that my friends did and that I even did. You know, he went, the waiter went up to my, my friend and he goes, uh, sir, what can I get you? And my friend wanted the burger or something, I guess. And he's like, yeah. but before the waiter like moved on, he's like, wait, 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 wait. Um, can I get my burger extra well done? Can I get the tomatoes on the side? Can I get no onions? I just want one half of the bun. I want my fries extra crispy. And like this complicated order, I'm like, what did you just, oh, okay. And the, the waiter, here's what the shocking part about this, the waiter did not skip a beat. He's like, all right, got it, bing, bing, next. And I'm like, what? And he went to the next person and, and my, my friend, she got the fish and she's like, but I only want one side blackened. I don't want seasoning. And I want, uh, I want half sweet potato fries, half regular fries. And I'm like, what is going on? And again, without hesitating, he's like, okay, got it. 
And then it came back around, and, and eventually it was my turn, and I, don't, I forget what I ordered. Yeah, that's weird. I know that I remember what they ordered. But I did the same thing. I complicated my order. If you've ever been with Jay Gray, you know. It's a complicated order. The other day we were at Chick-fil-A, and he, or he, he, I was at Chick-fil-A, and he wanted some, me to bring him back something for breakfast. And I go, what do you want? He goes, I want a, a, a burrito. I mean, a, what is the, it's a burrito from Chick-fil-A. Right, the breakfast burrito. Sorry, I couldn't think of that. The breakfast burrito, but I want spicy grilled chicken, and I want half egg. I'm like, half egg? What? Can you, sir, can you take the egg, half it, and then I just want that part. It took 10 minutes to make that burrito. Chick-fil-A's pretty fast, right? And the reason that that waiter didn't, the reason the waiter didn't hesitate on each one, the reason the, the person at Chick-fil-A didn't hesitate on any of them was, we live in a world now where if it's not customizable, we don't want it. You know, we, Burger King used to have a saying uh, called, I don't know if they still do, uh, I would say I don't eat fast food a lot, but <laughs> that's a lie and we all know that. Uh, Burger King used to have a saying called, uh, or not called, but it would say, have it your way, right? And what they meant by it is that they, they meant you could have whatever you want on the menu, any way you want it, and it could be right now, right? That's, and, and so and that mentality started over the years to become more and more, and you start to see it everywhere, you start to see it not only in our, in our fast food orderings, but I know you've all been behind, I, I'll say person, but we all know it's the ladies, at Starbucks, right? I want a venti, grande, cappuccino, soy latte, half milk, skim milk, upside down, caramel drizzle, and I want my straw 45 degrees to the west. Like, right, that's what it gets to. We customize everything, and, and it's not a bad thing. Like, custom, yeah, sure, take your time, customize your drink, have it the way you want it, because there's certain things that I don't like in my Starbucks drink. I don't want any of those pump things, no chocolate, no caramel, no nothing. Don't put that in my Starbucks drink, please. I don't want it. I just want skim milk, flat white, grande. Thank you. But we customize a lot of things, and it's not a bad thing. Right? It's not a bad thing. I, I, I like to customize sometimes the shoes that I put on my feet. Right? I like to be able to go to adidas.com. Go to Hard, James Harden, Volume 2, and pick out the colors that I want, right? It's not necessarily a bad thing to customize things, but over the years, it's, it, it has started to, to, uh, to overlap some of our other areas, started to trickle into other areas of our lives. In our dating relationships, we start to, like, customize certain things. I mean, you can go online now on, like, eHarmony or Christian Mingle, whatever it is, and you like you can just pick everything you everything you wanted, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. So you should have like a site that you that you have for dating. But here's where it starts getting bad. When the customizing mentality pours over into our relationship and knowledge of God, it starts to become a little fuzzy. It starts to become uh, a bad thing in our life. And we've gotten so used to it that we'll start to kind of customize our relationship with God by, you know, I, I, want, I want his love, but I don't want his wrath. You, you know, God, you can keep that. Or I want his mercy, but not his judgment. I want his blessings. I want all the blessings on my life, Lord. I, wanna, I want this and I want that. I want, bless me, please. But I don't want your discipline. 
You can, you can uh, next, put that out of the basket. You know, this whole taking up my cross thing, God, like, you know, um, can I do that just on Sunday? Like, how about, I'll give you Sunday, but the weekend, let those, Friday night, Saturday night, that's my time. I've worked really hard over the week. I've gone to practice. I've done my homework. This is my time. Like, I'll give you su- Sunday, that's you. We start to customize our Christianity and our relationship with God. And when we start to do that, when we start to take out the wrath of God and the judgment or the discipline of God and his majesty of, of being the king of the nations, when we start to take that out and we just want the, the good stuff and the blessings and the love and things like that, it gets to a point where we don't fear God anymore. We don't worry about the wrath or the judgments. We believe in God, but we don't fear him. David writes in Psalms 36, 1 through 2, Sin whispers to the wicked deep within their hearts. They have no fear of God to restrain them. In their blind conceit, they cannot see how wicked they really are. It says they, it, it whispers. You know, sin's not, like, sin's not like a ghost at a haunted house where it's just going to pop out and say, gotcha. Right? If that happens, there's three things that I'm doing. I'm either running like out of there. I'm hitting him in the face, which I've never done that. Don't worry. Or whoever dragged me to the haunted house is getting placed in front of me. I'm like, no, take them, not me, please. But if sin were to, if sin were to be like that, you know, it'd be easier to flee, it'd be easier to get away from it, to, to run from it, to say, oh no, I'm out of here. That's bad stuff. That's bad news. But it doesn't. It whispers in your ear. Sin didn't come storming through the garden when it, when it tricked Adam and Eve. It came slithering in and it, and it whispered in their ear, did God really say that? Surely you won't die, right? It just whispered in their ear. Sin will whisper, go ahead. No one's watching. All your other friends are doing it. No one will get hurt. No one will find out. It whispers, and it doesn't just whisper to those who fear God. I know that might seem like it in this verse, but it doesn't just whisper to those who fear God. No, you could be the strongest Christian in the room. You could be doing your devos. You could be walking right with God. You're like, no, man, I am good to go, and sin will still sit on your shoulder. It will still be in everything that you see throughout the day, and it will still whisper to you. No, it doesn't just whisper to those who don't fear God. What it says in the verse is that for those who don't fear God, They don't have a restraint from that whisper. There's nothing holding them back. There's no reason for them not to listen to the call, to that calling of go ahead and do it. No one's watching. They have no, they, they don't have a God saying, stop, don't do that. Don't go down that road. Come down this road, please. That's leading to destruction. I lead to life. They have no restraint. They have no, they have no restrictions on that. And then it goes on to say that they, uh, they cannot see. That in their blind conceit, they cannot see how wicked they really are. Back in the day, uh, and I really don't know if they're still on it, uh, but I was like obsessed with Disney Channel. Love Disney Channel. Anybody Disney Channel fans? Woo! Yes, love Disney Channel. 
Back in the day, they had some. They had some. Uh, they had some really good shows. I don't know what. Again, I don't know what they have now. But they had some. Man, some some awesome shows like Even Stevens, Lizzie McGuire, Phil the Future, That's So Raven. They had some awesome shows. Come, y'all know y'all ain't seen any of those. Come on, don't y'all are like yeah, they were on VHS in the library. I rented them. No, I'm just messing. But anyways, in these shows. In these shows, there was always an episode, and there was always an episode where the main character would like start hanging out with like a different crowd, or Lizzie would become like a skater, and Gordo would have to try to like be like, "What's going on, Lizzie? What are you doing?" Right? There, there would always be someone who would hang out with. They would, they would just be different. They'd be doing things that wasn't like necessarily them. And when their friends would come and say, what are you doing? They're like, what are you talking about? This is me. This is who I am. And then eventually in the show, it would go on. And, and at some point, there'd be like a, like a snap out of it. Like some cheesy line would be like, but we've been friends since second grade. Or they would like see a drawing. or Like something cheesy would happen. And they would snap out of it. And they would see for a moment, they'd actually snap out of it to a degree where they could see what they were doing. They're like, that was what I was doing? That's who I was hanging out with? That's the way I was talking? That's the way I was dressing? And the reason they couldn't see it was because even though for their friends, maybe it was, maybe it was an overnight thing. Maybe it was one day they weren't and another day they were kind of deal. They're like, what happened here? But for that person, it wasn't. It wasn't a, a giant leap to be changed. It was small little steps that eventually turned into that giant leap, but in their mind, they haven't taken but a few little steps. They haven't changed that much. And the same goes for this verse. When we start to not fear God and when we can't see how wicked we are, it's not an overnight thing that comes and slaps us in the face kind of deal. No, it it's something that we, that whisper turns into an action and it gets a little louder and a louder and these little steps that we put together become a very slippery slope and lead to a very large change, a very big change and eventually we're so far from God that we can't see how wicked we really are. But what does it look like to fear God? Uh, and, and there's a line tonight that I, I, I want to like stay on. I don't want, when we talk about fear of God, I don't want you to think like way over here where, you know, I'm talking about f- fire and brimstone kind of, kind of fear. And I also don't want to like swing way over here where it's like, do whatever you want. You know, it's your life to live kind of deal. Like it's okay. And all that stuff. I, there's a, there's a middle ground where I want to stand tonight. There's a middle ground where I want to stand in it. As simple as I can, here's, here's what I think fearing God looks like. It's an equation that I want you to write down. It looks like this. Loving God plus respecting God equals fearing God. It might be a little simpler uh, in this way. My dad is my hero. I love my dad. He has done so much for me uh, as I grow, grew up. He has supported me. He has, uh, I mean, taught me things. I mean, my dad is my hero. And because of that, because of what he has done for me as I've grown up, and even today, you know, if I were to call my dad right now, 
uh, and say, hey, I desperately need you if there was something, not just for your entertainment to see if he would actually do it, but if I genuinely needed him, he'd be on a flight tonight. And I love my dad for that. My dad is also the head of our house. He's also the one that you've heard stories of, of painting my backside red. He is to blame for that. I'm just kidding. I'm to blame for that. But he's the disciplinary in my house. Not necessarily anymore, since I'm the youngest and I'm 27. (laughs) But my dad is the head of the house, the leader of our family. Therefore, I respect my dad. I love my dad and I respect my dad, which leads to me fearing my father in a very reverent way, in a very right way. When we love God as our heavenly father and as our savior, and we respect him as the creator of the universe and the king of the nations, we can come to a a better understanding and a grip on what it looks like to fear God. Proverb tells us about this, about fearing God. It says in Proverbs 9, 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. When we fear God for, for who he is and what he is, when we fear God, when we love him and have that respect for him, it's the beginning of wisdom and discernment of how to go about the decisions of our life. Proverbs 14, 27 14, yeah, 1427 says this, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. When we fear God, uh, just like I was saying earlier, when there's no restrictions on that, when the people don't have, when someone doesn't have God to say, hey, don't go that way, don't go towards death, but come to life. When we fear God, we have that person, we have that relationship that says, hey, don't go that way, don't, that, that leads to death, that is an entrapment to death, and I want you to come this way. When we fear God, it's he who brings us, or begins to direct us in our life, he who gives us wisdoms and blessings on how to go about things in our life. When we fear God, he turns us away from death, and we walk away from the wickedness we found ourselves in. So what does this come to? Uh, If you can find yourself to love who God is, respect Him, and come to an understanding of fearing Him, here's what it looks like in your life, in my life. When I fear God, when I fear God, I will obey God. When I fear God, I will obey God. There's a story in Genesis that paints a beautiful picture of this. A beautiful picture of this. There's a man named Abraham. And Abraham wanted a son. So bad. Like that is what he wanted the most in this world. And he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. And God promised him that he would be the father of many nations. And and he got older and older. And the years went on and on and on. And no son, no son, no son. And, And finally, in his old age, Abraham has a son. Abraham has Isaac. And Isaac grows up, and he's a, he's a great man in the family, and he, he grows up, and he's a teenager at this point or so when this story picks up. And the, God sends Abraham an angel. And this angel has a message to, to Abraham saying, Abraham, take your son Isaac and sacrifice him to the Lord. 
to paint you a picture of what sacrifice was, it, it meant kill your son Isaac for the Lord. And so without hesitation, Abraham uh, told Isaac, hey, we're going on a trip. We're going to go sacrifice. Uh, we're going to go make a sacrifice to the Lord. And so Isaac, I mean, that was a normal thing for them. So he loads up the donkey with wood and things like that. And then him and his dad take off. They go up to the mountain. Abraham builds this altar. He puts the wood on it. And then Isaac looks and says, where is the ram? And then Abraham ties his child up. He bounds his hands and feet and he puts him on the altar and he takes the knife and he lifts it over his head. I mean, he is about to kill the one thing that, he, that means most to him in the world, the gift that was given to him in his old age. But because, the, because God said, do this for me, Abraham was going to obey him. And he had, he had the knife up and it says the angel of the Lord came and steadied his arm, grabbed his arm. And in Genesis 22, verse 12, it says this, Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Loving God plus respecting God equals fearing God, and fearing God is seen by the obedience that you have. Abraham had complete obedience in his life. Even to the realm of, of, of taking his, own, his only son's, at the time, his only son's life. The greatest evidence in your life and in my life of fearing God is, is not partial obedience, it's not, you know, three-fourths obedience or half obedience. No, it's complete obedience to God. So to fear God, to know that He is, he is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present, all-almighty, that He is the Father, our Father in heaven, sitting at the right hand of God, creating, a, preparing a place for you. When you can understand that he's a God who sent his only son to die for you and for me. And how loving he is. And then when you have a respect for him of who he is, that he's a star breather, a life giver, a universe maker. Then you can come to an understanding of of what it means to fear God. And it's seen in your life by your obedience to His call. So have you been customizing your relationship with God? Have you been saying, I just, I, I want, uh, I want the good, but I don't want all this, all this, this like, this, look, this doesn't look fun. Is your relationship with God based on what's, what works for you? What's easy for you? Are you to a point where you, you, you've, you've gotten to, you're in a bubble almost of, of, of being so far from God, so far away from God that you, you don't even know how far away you are. 
Because if to you, you're in this place where, man, no, this is my God. This, this, like, I, I, I've picked him. I, I'm good to go. I checked out. I got him. Like, this is my God. When you know that there's a knocking on the door, when you know there's a calling on your heart of God saying, hey, come into a relationship with me. Come into a loving and respecting relationship with me. Because when you could do that, I'll give you wisdom to keep going. I'll keep you away from the destruction of, of where you're going because the path you're going down with the God that you think you know, the God that you've customized in your mind, it, it leads to destruction. So come back to me. Have you heard that voice in your mind? You just know that something's off, that something uh, isn't right. Do you truly fear God? Because you may say that I know God and I do fear God, but is it seen in your life through your obedience to God? Because if you hear that voice in your mind that sa- or in your, in your head that says, come be in a relationship with me, and you're saying, no, no, I don't want all that. I don't want any of the, the bad stuff, Lord. No, I don't want you to come, like, if I... If I if I allow the discipline of your, of your love to come in, if I allow the wrath and the judgment of your love to come in, you're going to see what I have under the rug. You're going to see what I have in the closet. You're going to see the, the mess that my life is. No, 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 I don't, I, don't, I don't want that. Fearing God isn't about... Um, it's not about fearing Him at the door of seeing all this because the reality are seeing your life seeing this maybe the skeletons and the choices you've made and the things you're trying to hide and things like that fearing God isn't about isn't about that because the reality is he's already seen it he knows he knows and so when you can say Lord come in change my change my heart change my life he doesn't come in and, 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 and ridicule or, or, or judge in that moment. No, he comes in with open arms. And he wraps them around you. And he, and he welcomes you as a child of God back to the family, into the family. Are you obeying God's call on your life? Are you in a moment where you need to step out in that obedience you need to step out in faith in, in that calling and you say, no, I, I'm done with this. I'm done trying to do it on my own. I'm done just knowing God. No, I, I want to fear God. I want to have a respect for God. I want to have a love for God. And I want to obey Him. And I want to walk into the relationship with Him. I want to uh, walk in His light. I want to obey His command in my life.